So there's a man of God, an evangelist, who's going around the United States of America, mostly on the West Coast and a little bit up in the East, who does, you know, tent revival. So kind of old school, people come forward, get delivered of their demons, healed in their bodies, set free. And he apparently last month had scheduled a tent revival to take place somewhere in upstate New York. And if you know anything about New York, it's a very dark place. It's a very dark state. Um, the leaders of that state are lawless. Uh, most of them. There's a lot of legislation uh, in that state that leads you to believe it is controlled by Satan himself uh, with their abortion laws and their crime laws. Everything is so lax there. You can commit crimes and and uh, be, you know, out of jail in a few hours after shooting a cop. I mean, it's just a real messed up place. They need a revival in New York, upstate and in the city. And so this evangelist had this event scheduled and he needed a couple of thousand volunteers. Only 300 volunteers showed up. He ended up having to cancel the event. And it turns out that what had happened was, is he had said something positive about Trump from the pulpit when he was preaching at another event and word got around. And there were these democratic Christians that to me seems very oxymoronic, just saying, but there were just some that didn't appreciate uh, his politics. And so they stirred up a mob, if you will, almost like in the book of Acts, you know, when the apostle Paul would go somewhere to preach and then the, the religious Jews who were intimidated by his message and were you know, jealous that he was preaching Christ and all these signs were following him. And so what they did was every time they knew Paul was coming to town, they would stir up the people and get them in a mad, you know, rage and try to, you know, kick him out of town sort of deal. And of course, Apostle Paul got stoned a couple of times, thrown in prison, uh, beaten. He, he had crazy things happen to him. And so thankfully, nothing that violent happened to this evangelist. But uh, still, at the end of the day, I just thought it was pretty sad that because he is standing on a different side of the line, the right side of the line when it comes to political matters, because he has a revelation that those matters are really moral matters. And God has made a decision about abortion and same-sex marriage and whether or not we should have open borders. I mean, the answer to that is all in the Bible. And so because this evangelist is standing on one side of the line, I just found it very interesting that it wasn't sinners, okay? It wasn't people who don't know God, but it was so-called spirit-filled pastors and believers who actually did not want this man to come to town. And when I had heard that he had canceled that meeting, it made me upset because there are people who need to get free from things. Their pastors ain't preaching uh, about how to get free from demons. They're not getting the, the well-fed and getting the food they need from their ministers. So somebody's willing to come to town and host the presence of God. And really, because you have this religious Pharisee political spirit about you, and you can't even see that about yourself, that you actually kick the man of God, uh, all of the signs, wonders, and miracles, everything that follows him that the people were looking forward to, you kick all of that out of town and I guess all I have to really say in regards to that is that you didn't really reject the man of God uh, you rejected God himself so I'm going to do my best to describe the difference between unity versus agreement. And this is just coming off of the top of my head based on experiences that I've had. I didn't look anything up in a dictionary before starting this podcast, but 
agreement between believers you see concerns situations and circumstances and decisions you know those things that require us to know at any given time where we stand and so we agree that Jesus Christ is the way the truth and the life don't we we agree that the father sent Jesus to die for our sins and he rose from the dead ascended he'll return so I found that many Christians agree on those things but they don't necessarily agree on the personality the power and the function of the person of the Holy Ghost we do still believe in a triune God but we differ sometimes when it comes to the doctrine and the expression of the third person in the Trinity among humankind that's okay in that context though we still need to have unity even if the theological situation you know doesn't afford us to agree perfectly as long as it's not a life or death situation then we can agree to agree to disagree and we want to stay unified against the devil so unity then i think is a little bit deeper than agreement you know unity is based on the relationship that we have with one another in jesus christ so while we may not agree on certain doctrines or interpretations of scripture and certain things that may happen politically etc etc and so because of that you know we may not worship in the same church we may hang around different people uh, but nevertheless Unity is the bond that we should have uh, because we have the same Father, because we have the same Savior, because we have the same Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And no matter what, we're going to fight for unity because, again, we want to uh, stay unified and keep the door shut against the schemes of the devil. We always want to be able to find out where the enemy is trying to plant the seeds of offense and discord and uproot them. And so now, having said all of this, I have to say that I am in total disagreement with, not disunity, but I am in total disagreement with Christians who identify as Democrat. So let's just break it down. Never mind the personality of the, the people who are on the platforms. I'm not talking about that. Just straight policies. When it comes to the life in the womb, Democrats believe that if a woman doesn't want a baby, then we don't have to identify that as a person and um, an abortion is fine. At, some Democrats are more moderate and say, oh, only up to a heartbeat. And then some are more extreme and they say uh, up to 28 days after the baby's born, kill it. So the thing is, is that when it comes to policies on that side of the issue, it is completely anti-God. Uh, it's against life. And so I don't understand how you can read the sixth commandment, how you can read the scriptures um, and be born again, but have no conviction about a policy like that. Let's take, for example, uh, same sex marriage or even premarital sex between heterosexual people. Those those sins are equally gross to God. And so um, as a Christian, though, how could you vote for anyone that has a policy that says that two men can be in a relationship together and it's okay? Two women can be in a relationship together and it's okay. But have you ever thought about the fact that marriage is actually a union? It's a covenant relationship. God is the one that designed it. He created it. And so if you want to uh, enter into a relationship uh, that is not approved of by God, that's actually sinful, why would you want his blessing on a union that's, you know, based on perversion? And so 
you know, uh, I guess another policy would be uh, open borders, right? These are all political things. But when you bring them out of the political realm and you start talking about them from a biblical perspective, you put them in the realm of morality, then you can begin to see that there is a right way and a wrong way uh, to go about voting or praying for this nation. And so uh, when it comes to even something like open borders, I mean, you can go through and literally scripture will tell you what God thinks about certain lands and territories and uh, pieces and parcels of land uh, that were passed down in, in lineage and through families and farming and things like that. And so, I mean, there's your answer. And so uh, I'm in disagreement, like I said, uh, with anyone who would call themselves a born-again, spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ, but then they would vote for policies that are anti-God, that are anti-Christ, that are anti-American. Uh, pretty, pretty rough to have those kinds of conversations with believers. And so, you know, I don't get into it too much, but this is my podcast, so I can say whatever I want on this podcast. And if you disagree, you can send me an email. It's Tiffany at BigViewSmallWindow.com. Now, moving beyond the political, like I said a moment ago, these are really uh, moral issues that just happen to be in the political sphere. And so bold Christians have to take the fight to wherever the front is. You know, it just so happens that our institutions are falling apart. And so it looks like it's a political battle because that's the area where the devil is dominating right now. So we take the battle to that front. Really, these are spiritual battles, though. And so there's a narrative out there that says there is no God. Uh, we can live how we want to live and do what we want to do. And I would argue that that narrative is on both sides of the political line. We have some pretty godless Republicans uh, who are selling the nation out one IPO at a time, uh, doing business with, you know, existential threats and enemies overseas just to make a buck. And so very, very spineless on the right side. They're they're They don't have a fear of God like they should have either uh, because everything, you know, to the establishment anyway is, is a business deal to them. And then there's a narrative that says there is a God and he is righteous and he is just and we ought to follow his laws. Our Constitution is based on the Ten Commandments and very much of Scripture. It may have taken this nation several years to line up with what those men wrote back in 1776. I mean, they were struggling with sins themselves and they put their signature uh, on a document and they uh, wanted to acknowledge publicly that they were aligning themselves with godly principles. And yet at the same time, they were struggling with some pretty ungodly habits. And if you have studied any sort of history in this nation, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to our presidents. Uh, but the, the point of the matter is, is that truth is truth. And uh, we don't need to fundamentally change America. We don't need to completely uproot and overturn uh, all of our laws and legislation uh, because that's not going to be the answer to the problems uh, that we do have. I can tell you that if, even if you think that our institutions and our systems in America are corrupt, I can tell you point blank that Marxism is not going to resolve the issue. What we really need to do is get back to the fundamentals of God's word and take Jesus Christ into the streets and into the schools and into the courts and into the businesses and into the media of this nation. And so I couldn't believe it that it was actually believers 
who were on the on a different side of a political issue that did not want a man to come into town and bring the presence of God with him and get people set free. The update that I did hear is that at least in that region in New York, there were congregants that came together and said, we're not going to deal with these woke pastors. We still want a move of God. We still want revival. So we're just going to go forward. And so I that was the last I'd heard about the situation. But of course, the man of God had to move on and uh, he has to go where uh, people are ready. They're willing, ready and willing to lend a helping hand um, and to see the move of God through, not be shying away, uh, not be starting arguments and, and things like that because you disagree on, you know, who really won the election or whatever the case may be. We don't have to agree on that, but we need to have unity around this one thing that people in this nation need to get set free. People are demonized and they need to be able to walk in freedom. Jesus Christ is freedom. He can set people free. We need to be preaching that. We need to be teaching that. We need to be living that. We need to not be uh, stabbing each other in the back as Christians and shutting each other down uh, just because we interpret something different. Like I said a moment ago, if it's not life or death, let it go. Let it go. Anyway, there's a separation, like a division, like a chasm that's happening right now we're seeing it play out in almost like every situation in america you know from like i said the abortion to relational issues to border issues to finances etc and this line that's being drawn this line of separation that's being drawn is going to force moderate christians to have to make a choice because I really don't think that there's anything as being a moderate Christian. That to me would be the same as being lukewarm. You got one foot in the world. You got one foot in the church and in, in, in the things of God. And you're trying to straddle the fence. And you want to be able to say it's okay to do this up to this point. When really, we just need to say that black is black, white is white, right is right, wrong is wrong. And we're going to stick with that no matter what the backlash is. And so as this separation continues to happen, as sheeps and goats continue to be <laughs> separated, the sheep on the right, the goat on the left of the Savior's hand, you know, I think these Christians who are kind of hanging out real comfortable in the middle, the rug is about to get pulled out from underneath them. You're going to have to decide which side of the line you're going to be on when it comes to these issues. Again, they look like political issues, but they're really moral issues. And the spiritual battle is what we need to be engaging in. And so the middle ground is slowly dissipating and soon there will be no middle ground. And so the question is, moderate Christians, lukewarm Christians, those of you who are who are waiting for some sort of sign uh, that's going to force you to make a decision. Well, I think it's coming. There is warfare that is on all of our doorsteps. And if we lose this nation, then our moderate comforts are going to go with it and we're going to go underground and we're going to be in survival mode. So if you don't want that to happen, you need to fan the flame, stir up your gifts, stir up the fire of God in your own life. And the question again is, with all this said and done, is once the line of division comes and once this chasm, this separation comes and visits you in your church, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your family, in, in whatever situation God is going to use to speak to you, once it's all said and done, will you be standing on the Lord's side?